Hello, Craig. I'm back. My time is running out. What are you here for? Oh, I'm the doctor. I work in a shop now. You've noticed something and you're investigating it because it's you. It's going to be dangerous and alien. Who was that? Cyberman. When we are ready, we will emerge. We will convert this planet to cyberforms. Help me! Doctor Craig! The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. It's not quite 5.02 p.m. yet, but I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing well, man, and as always, happy to be on another episode with you guys. Well, as always, glad to have you on, but as always, I have to say, I'm also glad to say Lee Shackelford. How goes the day? I haven't said how goes the day in a while. How goes the day? You, you don't have to give it up just because we got past that episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, true. Thank yeah. you. How are you? It's, it's been a grand one. I've just been here working on the old Relativity Podcast website, which was in bad need of an overhaul. So they've had it in the shop for repairs. I can now point people back to it and say, Go, go behold what I have done over there. Mm. So if you were telling people where to go, Mr. Shackelford, where would they go in case there's a brand new listener listening? Yeah. Did I say relativitypodcast.com? I don't think you did. No, I just said, I just said the relativity website. Yes, that's it. Relativitypodcast.com is where you find that. Well, I'm very glad that you said relativitypodcast.com. Yeah. We'll just keep saying it. So that's what I've been doing today. Um, and of course, you know, grading papers and all that other stuff that I'm supposed to be doing that I actually get paid to do. I just thought I'd talk about the, the fun things anyway. But, you know, like uh, as uh, as Clarence says, just glad to be here with the two of you and talking about Doctor Who. Considering that we kind of had an interesting week, I think, where all of us lived over the last week, because... Lee, you're probably more accustomed in the Carolinas for cold, cold temperatures than Clarence and I in the deep south of Mississippi. But how did you guys enjoy slash survive the ice, whatever you want to call it, that we had? Any stories from the week of being kind of frozen in, can't go anywhere for the last week? No, I, I wasn't uh, frozen in. Um, it, um, it, at least in the time I've lived here, it really, it really just hasn't happened. We haven't, uh, we haven't had the big snows up here. So it's really been kind of like, you know, the Alabama I grew up with. So Clarence, what about you? Any stories from last week of being kind of shut in with the ice? Uh, no stories really other than that, it, you know, being, being shed in for a week and, and not leaving the house. Um, you know, it's like a double pandemic or double lockdown or double quarantine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause you couldn't leave even if you wanted to this time. So I remember last week you saying you were thinking about getting out to go to the gym and you basically got a workout in of trying to get the ice off of the, uh, <laughs> winch, you know, off your windshield. So. Yeah, after about 10 minutes of using my ice scraper to scrape the ice off my windshield, I said to myself, screw this. I'm yeah, going back I don't the blame house. you. I didn't go out <laughs> exactly. anywhere from Sunday morning until I think it was Saturday afternoon the following Saturday. And, you know, in Mississippi, we're not used to that. So that was inconvenient. But kudos to the people who kept <laughs> the lights on and the water running and the Internet flowing where at least we live in Mississippi. So woohoo to those people. And for everyone listening, Clarence, I mentioned just a moment ago that we might have somebody that's listening to us for the very first time going to relativitypodcast.com. But if they are listening to this podcast for the very first time, I think you might have something that you want to share with our new listeners. Oh, yeah. If you're listening for the very first time or even if you've listened for a long time but have never done so, you can support the show by first subscribing on whatever podcasting platform you may be listening on, leaving a review and telling a friend. If you have a review idea, please send that along with anything else you want us to know to discussing who at gmail.com 
or hit us up at Discussing Who on any and all social medias. Well, gentlemen, I don't have any other notes, but before we move on, I wanted to know, did either of you have anything else before we get into the review? Not I. It seems like it's uh, very quiet news-wise right now. Well, unless you're Gina Carano, but I mean, this isn't a Star Wars uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Dun, 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 That's dun, true. Dun, dun, dun. What? Is, what? And if, well, if someone were a fan of a certain Disney show that's on Disney Plus, they might would get that. So I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want to be tempted to spoil anything WandaVision-ish. But I'm just loving that. But what I'm also loving is my ability to say at this point, if you have not seen Closing Time, put us on pause. Go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 The spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Closing Time. This is the 12th episode of the 2011 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 24th of September, 2011. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, James Corden as Craig Owens, with Karen Gillan and Arthur Darville as Amy and Rory Williams. It also featured special guest appearance by Alex Kingston as River Song. So, summary view. Lee Shackelford, I'll start with you. Summary view. What did you think? I have spent a lot of time hating on this episode. I have complained about it for years. And uh, watching it again uh, uh, today, as a matter of fact, um, I said, why have I been picking on this episode? And um, we'll talk more about it later. But I, I think I know. I think I know what my issue was. But uh, I think it's a lot of fun. So there. So there. Clarence, what say you? I am right there with Lee when mentioning how fun this episode is. You know, it's just a good excuse to see James Corden and Matt Smith um, bounce off each other and, and, you know, have just a fun time for, you know, an hour of television. Uh, was it a good Doctor Who episode? It was in many aspects, but there's parts of the resolution, as with the other James Corden episode, that I just, just <laughs> did sit right with me. Yeah, so let me just do as I normally do and follow right along in the two of your footsteps and say, I agree with everything you guys just said. I've hated this, hated on, not hated, hated on this episode for nine years, made fun of it, called it the adventures of babysitting in cyber country or something like that. <laughs> it was fun. It was not very heavy on the brain. But I don't think it was supposed to be. And it was just fun. Now, do I agree that there's resolution issues? Absolutely. Are there things that could have probably have done better? Absolutely. Did it have something that I didn't realize was something in it? Absolutely. So <laughs> I am can't wait to talk about that. But for starters, summary view, enjoyed it. So the concept we talked about, you know, we've saying that we're enjoying this and this, that this was a fun, con, you know, fun episode. But the concept, if you were to boil down the concept of this episode into a single story point, Lee, what would you say the overall concept that they're trying to present to the audience? What is that in this episode? Um, that, um, Love is more powerful than the Cybermen. Gotcha. All right. Clarence, anything to add to that? <sighs> Babies are smarter than you think. I don't mm. know. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> what about, what, what about you? What, what's, what's your, what's your take on the, the one liner for this one? I actually like what you said about the baby. I didn't, I didn't even think that. I just thought that it, I honestly didn't know what the concept was. That's why I asked the question. I I didn't really feel like there was a good story in it, other than the fact that it's the doctor going back and seeing a friend. The Cybermen just did not fit in the story for me. 
And I'm curious if you guys, and we can jump anywhere in the story that we want to, so don't feel like we're waiting to get to a resolution or something. But did the Cybermen feel like they fit in the story to you? And Clarence, why don't you take that first? Did they fit? I feel like they did. Um, now we can get to the resolution later because I just didn't like the resolution, but I did like the fact that we had this, this hidden contingent of Cybermen that are trying to get this power and we have the doctor investigating that, investigating that situation. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, it actually being in the warehouse or the shopping center kind of reminded me a lot of, of Rose, the episode Rose in, in some ways. Um, but I like that concept of, of, you know, the Cybermen being, being hidden and, and trying to emerge and take over, the, <laughs> take over the earth. Uh, so I, I did like that. It's just the, the, and that wasn't even the solution. It's just the Craig thing to get on my nerves. It's just the Craig and the baby thing to get on my nerves. <laughs> the doctor solution was okay, but the, uh, and then I guess the, okay, well, We'll, we'll table it, but the baby's love being the resolution. I, and the doctor did give a more detailed explanation, but it all, I like the Cyberman in this episode, but the resolution just didn't sit with me. <laughs> all right. Lee, what say you? Uh, all the same things, but, um, what was the question? I forgot what the question was. <laughs> do, do the Cybermen fit within the oh. context of the episode? That, uh, oh no. Oh, no, heavens no. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, one of the things I enjoyed this time was seeing the, um, well, it made me think of a termite's nest, you know, how, how, how sometimes um, people dig under their houses and they find there's this vast thing, yeah. you know, that's been built under their house. Uh, and that's what the Cybermen have been doing with this, uh, this department store all this time. And, um, uh, and, and I thought the, you know, there's a, there's a, a matte painting, if you will, that we, we get to see what that looks like from uh, their point of view. And it, I, I thought that was really cool. And uh, fans of um, Murray Gold's scores will appreciate that we got a callback from way back in like the Ninth Doctor days when we saw that. We got bum, 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 mm-hmm. bum. So I like that. But, um, you know, I sort of remembered it as being all of the Cybermen. This is, they're up against, you know, all the Cybermen that there can be. And I thought that was completely stupid, but uh, it's not. It's just a handful of them. And they're, and the ones that we see are damaged. They've, uh, they've all been broken. And that certainly pulls the stakes down a lot. So that, that makes it easier for me to believe in and it makes it more palatable. But this is just a, a few of these guys. But, you know, as usual, they, they do what the Daleks do that, that bugs me is that they'll get into a conversation with the doctor and say, you're the enemy of the Cybermen. We will destroy you. Why haven't you already done it? (laughs) Why, why are we standing here talking about it? I, you know, I'm glad you are, but why do you do that? You you, kind of had me dead to rights when you knocked me out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? And then you just left me here. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's just too take George instead. What? So, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, of course. So, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, I'm, I'm thinking, what don't I like about the Cybermen being here? Cause I'll be honest. I didn't buy the Cybermen there. Even if it's broken Cybermen, even if it is the Cybermats, which I think are cool, you know, all of that, that the visual, cool, cool, cool. But what I don't buy and what I really wish they would have done, and Clarence, you kind of picked up on it when you said they referred in a way it made you feel like the Rose, the first episode of the 2005 series in a way. You should have had the Autons, in my opinion, and the people disappearing were being turned into mannequins. And that would have been so cool to me. But the Cybermen themselves didn't fit because I just don't picture Cybermen in a department store. I see Cybermen in a hospital situation like what we will see at some point. I will see Cybermen in space. I will see Cybermen on a battlefield, not in a department or under a department store. Yeah, that's that's interesting because really one of the things that I, I liked about it, maybe ironically, is the 
the mundaneness of that setting of that yeah uh, the, the familiarity for all of us from you know the, from the, the middle class <laughs> of these kinds of stores the, the idea that there is this terrible evil right under your feet is uh, is is a pretty uh, a scary idea if you think about it at all but even though it's the show is called closing time we're never there we're only there very rarely in the show after when the lights are out. So it still allows us to, for this to be a comedy episode. Um, because even though we know there's this trouble brewing, usually we're in there when all the lights are on and there's customers in the store and so on. Um, and that, that leads me to two different thoughts. I'm not sure which to <laughs> pursue here, but, uh, one of the things to love about this, and I remembered that I, I really enjoyed this before is that we've seen Cybermats since the days of the fourth doc even even earlier than that i well, don't think so well no i know we saw the cybermats in our review of tomb, oh, tomb. Oh, yeah. yeah they're in tomb of the cybermen you're right yeah they go all they all go all the way back that far i was just remembering that uh, in this episode somebody says a rat is not a rat a cybermat and that's a quote uh, the uh, the fourth doctor said that as well ah. um but yeah you're right it goes all the way back to uh, the second doctor and um, I've never thought this, I've always thought they were kind of an interesting idea, but the execution of them didn't really do anything for me. I always thought, boy, I, they really looks like you could run away from that or you could grab it or, and chuck it out the window or, you know, they, they just never, they weren't scary to me, but it's kind of the, um, what is this world war Z kind of, uh, approach? What if they were really fast? That would be interesting. And so this Cyberman, who, and then we we also have this kind of idea that we've never explored before since Cybermen are, um, cannibalized people. Um, maybe Cybermats made from some real, some living critter as well. I was thinking of Piranha. Yeah. So (laughs) we, this thing opens its mouth and it's got teeth, man. Ooh. Yeah. What the, yeah. What the heck did that used to be? (laughs) But yeah. So, so you know, they they managed to make the Cybermat genuinely frightening this time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If it had not been for the teeth, uh, I would have been like, is this really a threat here? Um, <laughs> but I do, oh man, one of my favorite parts of the, is the woman wanting it for a toy. So oh, I saw this mm-hmm. toy going around here. It's silver. And it's uh, freaking hilarious. I really loved it. <laughs> um, but I, she said the stockroom boys said they don't care. <laughs> But, you know, like you said, Lee, there are still parts where you think, is this really the threat we think it is? Uh, especially when you get to the part when uh, Craig is wrestling the Cyberman on his kitchen floor. It's like, uh, can't you just like toss it to the side and get up? Uh, yeah. Uh, and there's an attempt to sell that because it gives the doctor an opportunity to really praise Craig for something. And he says, you must be really strong. You, you know, you fought that thing off. But, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really look that way. It's I don't know. Yeah. So let's talk about Craig for a moment. This this is the second time we've seen this character and his fiance, girlfriend, mother of his child, as they are now. Uh, they're not married yet. They've moved. But this is the second time we've seen this character. So before we get into Craig himself, the character, what do you guys think? think of like dislike about the idea of the doctor going back and visiting a previous friend we'll call it because he never really was a companion he never went anywhere so what's your thoughts on his going back and visiting this person and then we'll talk about craig so clarence what do you think yeah i don't think there's much to dislike here um, at least by the end of the episode, we see that he believes he's about to die. And, um, you know, he just dropped off, uh, Amy and Rory. So what else is he going to do on his last, um, what farewell tour before the in- uh, incoming death? So uh, I thought it was interesting. Of course, um, he and, and, uh, Craig and the doctor had a lot of good chemistry. And, you know, if you got to visit somebody before you leave, I mean, um, I think, I think, you know, I, I, I found it interesting him doing a social call there. I thought it was all good and fun and, um, it, it worked. It really worked for me because I really liked Craig as a character in a previous episode. So I think it was fine. Awesome. Awesome. So Lee, what do you think? Well, it, maybe I should blush to admit this, but it didn't hit me until watching it this time. Why the episode is called closing time. Mm, good. Is, was that as obvious to you as it had not been to me? 
<laughs> well, whenever you were talking earlier, say, saying what you did about, you know, we never saw, I and mean, maybe not you, one of the two of you were, were, were talking about, we never saw the closing time. Well, for me, it was never about the store closing. It was about, this was just a play on words of the doctor's time had come, at least yeah. in his point of view. Right. And I... I had missed that completely. They they want you to think about it being after hours in the department store. But yeah, that's not what it's about at all. It's, this is about the doctor wrapping things up. And and I, I since we saw his previous incarnation do it, I think it's easy to imagine that he's just been going around seeing everybody. Yeah. He, this is this episode begins when it when it's Craig's turn. Um and he has no expectation of bumping into Amy and Rory about Oh it. man. There they are. Favorites. Favorite. Favorite. So yeah. good. So good. It's a lovely scene. And clearly some time has passed. Yes. Right. I mean, uh, Amy can't have a new career in the, t- in the week since we saw her last. So, yeah. Well, well, that, that makes me think, how do we, how does a doctor know is his time? Cause I know Amy wanted to tell the doctor and maybe she did over the course of the last, what, uh, 10 episodes. I just don't remember, <laughs> but she definitely kept wanting to tell the doctor what was going to happen. So I'm kind of confused on to how does he know at this point? And maybe that's some brilliant he, thing that's going to be explained. N- no, I think he saw or knew, he figured out or something, because remember he, he kept looking at his viewfinder that he would never let them see and that said, Lake Silencio, date 5.02 p.m. Hmm. So he n- knows what was happening. And you guys are totally right. And I, I just got this as I was sitting here talking. He has been a- around, going around a while, because remember, the doctor that they left was 900 and something. Oh, the that's right. Doctor, that's- this one is... 1100. So there's 200 years of whatevering that we don't account for. That is right. Yeah. So, and he's he, it, well, a theme he keeps referring to returning to in this episode is how young uh, the baby is and how very old he is. Yes. I do wish they would have teed that up a little bit better though, because it, it seems like we get to this episode and there it's heavy handed on us. Um, and it seems like it would have. You know, kind of alluded to it a little bit more as we wind down these last few episodes to the end of the season. Yeah, I I, I agree, especially because he's a time traveler. I mean, can't he? How long can he avoid going to that particular day and time at Lake Silencio? You know, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, the answer is two hundred years. <laughs> but but then, what does he feel that he has to eventually do it because it's a fixed point in time, or or what? You know, we're not we're not told why he says his time's running out. And here's another interesting thing, and this is a meta comment, not within the story, but I was just sitting here thinking, this is the first time 2005 forward where your lead in to the final episode of the, you know, series for the finale doesn't really feel like a lead in until the very end to the finale. You know, think of Stolen Earth and Journey's <laughs> End from series four. You know, think of uh, the lead in Bad Wolf, I think is the name of it, and the parting of the ways and, you know, last of the Time Lords and whatever, you know, the pairing of that was. Then we've got uh, the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang. Then we've got Closing Time and the Wedding of River Song. Closing Time really didn't have anything to do with it until the very end. Which, um, as with... um the the episode that we just uh, reviewed where we we uh, where Rory gets his new car <laughs> and they get a house and, you know um that could have, that could have been the end of just about any episode that it it wasn't related to the the rest of the story so yeah so let's talk about you know we keep talking about Craig and we know we like him as a character let's talk about Stormageddon really really quick what did you guys think of baby talk and the emperor of all and destroyer of worlds, et cetera, and so forth and blah, blah, blah. So what did you think of the baby? Um, Alfie himself was fine, uh, but I just hate the concept <laughs> of the doctor being able to uh, intelligently 
know what the baby is saying. It just makes no sense. No two babies cry alike, or maybe he's doing some telepathic thing that we didn't know about. I just didn't like it. Uh, to me, it was too similar to um, Luke Skywalker reading um, the R2's beeps or or um, Han Solo <laughs> knowing what Chewie said. At least Chewie's saying a language. Just a language, but it, it was just too weird. It was too weird. So is R2-D2. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we sound like. To him, <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! That that was not a doctor. Oh dear! That was definitely a uh, CPO. Oh dear! Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Okay, but um, but yeah, I. What did you think, Lee? Oh, I just love it. And I, I to me, this is the big thing that that's different from when I saw this last. Is that I realized I, I do. Even though I know this is Doctor Who, I do tend to view a lot of these things through the template of the original Star Trek series. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is, this episode is supposed to make about as much sense as a, a piece of the action or, um, the trouble with tribbles does inside the Star Trek universe. I mean, really, both of those episodes are completely mad. And if you think about what's going on in them for more than five seconds, the whole thing falls apart. But it doesn't matter. It's just supposed to be funny. You know, and and some people hate those two episodes for that reason, because they're not, it's not the doomsday machine, you know, it's not <laughs> balance of terror or something. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that's what's happening here. So much of this episode, this, this season has been so dark and so scary. And I think we got right here to the end and they've got this other script that they've been working on. It's like, you know what? Let's just have a laugh. Let's just have a ball with this. The doctor knows, you know, what Craig's baby is saying. It's funny. It just. Craig is clueless, and once again, the doctor shows up to be better at him than something. But when all is said and done, when it's all over, you know, the baby doesn't even want to be called Stormageddon anymore. He wants to be called Alfie, and he wants to be with his dad. You know, that's pretty good. That's what I think. Yeah, I was just going to add, too, like, it, it, you know, before the problem with Craig was that he was trying to, uh, I think Sophie is her name, he's trying to get with Sophie and... You know, he, the whole, she, she was kind of clueless as to what was going on. Or was it he that was cool? I just know it wasn't working. <laughs> but, but, you know, we. Each of them was waiting on the other <laughs> and it was clear they were going to wait forever. That was... But we, we fast forward here and we see that Craig is in a happy, you know, happily ever after relationship. And lo and behold, he has another problem. He doesn't know what to do with the baby. <laughs> so, um, as far as Stormageddon in that regard in this episode, I just love seeing Craig trying to be a dad and the doctor playing daddy number two at times. So that was, um, you know, to me, what makes this episode great, um, devoid of some of the problems I have with it as far as, you know, logically <laughs> is the fish out of water moments that are all sprinkled throughout this episode. Some of the ironic twists that we see. Uh, of Craig and, and, um, you know, the conversations that Craig and Doctor has with the, 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 the lady at the store counter. I mean, things like that make this just a fun episode. And, um, yeah, it's just weird when I look at the, the, the logic of some of that stuff. It doesn't sit with me, but that doesn't mean I didn't, didn't enjoy it because I, I still feel like all the other stuff made it worth watching. Cool. So let's talk just a moment about something that we, did not like <laughs> the concept that love can do anything in this aspect. And I'll, I'll start this one. This is the only thing in the episode that I did not like. It just didn't feel real to me. And I know I'm sitting here saying it did not feel real to me and talking about an alien time person yes. and, Metal Says the time traveling nurse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I can't believe I'm sitting there saying it doesn't feel real, but in that concept, concept, whatever, it didn't feel real. Did it well, to you guys? What did you think? No, no of course not. And it, and it is, it, it is what I remember about this episode, and it's why I sneer when the name comes up and when I say I'm not watching that one again because I I rejected that moment so completely and I appreciate you know I I 
I happen to believe, along with uh, Gandhi and Dr. King, uh, that uh, that love is the most powerful thing in the universe, and that it, you know, in the long run, in the long run, <laughs> it can accomplish anything. What what I object to is seeing it happen in twenty seconds, <laughs> and that that bothers me because this has. The, the science fiction of this show, when it takes itself seriously, there are things that are established and we see the way they work. And we've seen the way people get turned into Cybermen. Yeah. And this is not how it's done. The, what we saw before With the buzz is that people's, <laughs> yes, people get, get cut into pieces and their brains scooped out and, and what's left of them gets, gets uh, plopped into these, these bodies. You don't, you don't strap somebody in, uh, like like they're putting on armor. But watching it again today, I said, okay, this is actually an outpost of Cybermen and they're damaged. And if you're listening fast, as the doctor is going gabble, 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 as he does, he says that they are making do with what they have, that they're working yep. with spare parts. Yep. So, okay, maybe this isn't the way they would like to be doing it, but it's the best they have. Okay. All right. I can buy that. I, I buy yeah. that. But... But let me say this real quick. <laughs> let's assume that they have a spare part. And let's mm -hmm. say one of these spare parts is a Cyberman helmet that you put on that magically converts with cybernetic whatever-ishness and will convert your head to a Cyberman head. It is mechanical in nature. It yep. closed. It seals with this little shiny thing that seals it completely. Yeah, looking. it welded itself shut. Into yes, one thank piece. you. Perfect. Yes. That's exactly right. what I was trying to say. Thank yes, you. Yes, it did. It welded itself shut, but the power of love unwelded the welding. Look out! It did. <laughs> well, interesting. The, the power of love, I'll remind you, is a it's a curious thing. <laughs> it uh. It'll make one man weep and another man sing. <laughs> oh, it'll make one Cyberman head uh, <laughs> uh, close up. It'll make another Cyberman head open wide. Yes. Crack right down the middle like Humpty Dumpty. I know. I know. It's, it's stupid. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's silly. It's supposed to be silly. May I offer a, an a explanation there? Ooh, oh, cool. Good. Please. Yeah. So uh, to me, when I think about it, and the doctor attempted to explain it, you know, Craig says, I, I blew them up with love. And, and the doctor, the doctor starts to give the explanation of what actually happened. And then he says, oh, forget it. You blew them up with love. But I kind of equated it. And to me, this only way I can actually frame it to make any sense was that it's like a virus. And I think the doctor says such, um, that his love infected their programming. I mean, it's like a virus. That's how I had to kind of, kind of affected their thinking and kind of made them all well, go haywire. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any more sense, but that's. <laughs> hey, does Kylo Ren have a force ghost? Hmm. Hmm. Does Wanda Maximoff? I'm not, I'm not can, changing this. Can she do hex powers? <laughs> exactly. No, I'm, I'm. I'm not changing the subject. I'm talking about power of love. <laughs> I mean, the bad guys in the Star Wars universe apparently do not survive their bodies. It's only the good guys. Unless you're Darth Vader. So, but Darth Vader's redeemed at the last minute. Despite all the things that he's done, he's going to be okay. He's, he gets to live forever. And uh, Kylo, I think, I don't know. That be... That's for a different podcast. <laughs> can I, I'm just can I get spoilers here? Like, yeah, okay. You blew them up with love. All right, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, the... The, at the end of the day, though, regardless of that, it was a nice departure. I mean, I think if we were to take that away. I think that's all it's supposed to be. Cool. Yeah. And I, I think I and you know what? I would have been I think I would have enjoyed it more. Took the take the Cybermen out and let it just be a day of misadventures between the doctor and Craig and trying to take care of the baby. I think I would have enjoyed that a lot more. Yeah. I mean, we still kind of got that, though. I, 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 I can see what you're saying by by just not fitting in properly. I, I do get that. Uh, but we got so many great things in this, though, man. We got we got another Star Trek reference in Doctor Who. It's, 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 uh, it's, ooh, it's, come on, go for it. Tell us about it. proper one, yes. Yeah, let's just mention teleporters. It's, you know, it's, it made me smile a little bit. <laughs> and if I'm correct, the Doctor actually said Star Trek. 
Well, they both say it, yeah. Uh, and uh, Craig sort of uh, indicates a vertical space around him, you know, like 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 on Star Trek. Yeah. Know? And the doctor says, "Yes, a transporter, just like on Star Trek." Yes. Too good. <laughs> it's great. All right, so I want to talk a bit about. We keep talking about closing time and what it means for the doctor. What did you guys think of seeing the doctor and seeing the blue envelopes, and then he gets the hat? Any thoughts on those things that we see right there leading up to the end? I had completely forgotten or that how neatly uh, this episode works to, to take us back to uh, Lake Silencio. Uh, if I had remembered the hat, I certainly did remember that this is where the doctor gets those gets his, his stationery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he swipes that from Sophie. Um but but that's really lovely. Didn't we mention when we reviewed the first episode with Craig, didn't we make a comment or something about the um something that was on their refrigerator saying that it looked like the paper or the envelope or something from um you know the season opener for some reason, um, did we? He's got a we we he's he has a um a postcard from the um uh, the Musée d'Orsay with the, the, the Van Gogh exhibit. Ah, okay. Got you. I yeah. knew there was something. Yeah. I, I, I'd forgotten about that too, but you know, with the, with the sunflowers on it. Um, before we leave closing time proper too, I want to do a shout out there for Linda Barron, the, the woman who played Val. I really enjoyed that character and the running joke that she thinks that uh, the doctor and Craig are, are partners. <laughs> oh, so funny. And this little talk about what companion, she says that's kind of an old fashioned <laughs> name for it. Uh, and um, it, I just thought that's a lot of fun. Um, and she's, you know, she's all in favor of it. She, that's fine. Um, but um, we have seen we have seen her in classic Who. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Share twice, believe it or not. She was in the Fourth Doctor serial Enlightenment, where we have these giant sailing ships, like um, you know, like eighteen, you know, uh, three masted schooners and that kind of thing. But they're in space. And um, she is the captain of one of those ships. Oh, wow. And she goes back even further than that, because back when William Hartnell and his TARDIS crew uh, ended up in the gunfight at the OK Corral, there's a uh, there's some scenes in a saloon and there's a, you know, a, a saloon rowdy, the lady in there who's singing. And uh, every time we go in there, she's singing. And that's her. That's Linda Barron. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So at this point, she has she had pretty much been at one end of Doctor Who, and here she is at the other. <laughs> so, yeah. So, cheers to her. Very, very cool. I also wanted to note that Arthur Darville gets a total free ride in this episode, <laughs> doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> another another day's work, <laughs> another yeah. paycheck for standing there and, yeah. <laughs> so, what did you guys think of the perfume line, or that Amy has taken this concept of waiting for the doctor and turned it into a career yeah, that that was interesting because i was wondering did she get famous for something else first and didn't do perfume perfume it's usually unusual for people to just do their own perfume line out of the blue and they get blow up like that oh i think she's just the cover girl for that, um, that campaign i just assume that she's she gets this job because she's, she's pretty the model hmm. yeah i mean that's usually how that Okay, that well happens, then, really. if that but, is the case, then the idea that the doctor didn't set her up with a job, she, the doctor has to set her up with a job, because the title of that perfume, the name of it, is too on the nose. It is uh, the universe playing games with you, isn't it? Which the doctor is just in the act of saying. He says, this is what the universe does. It it. Whoa. <laughs> Not only there are Amy and Rory, but the girl recognizes her because she's the she's the cover girl for Petrichor Perfume, whose slogan is for the girl who's tired of waiting. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> but I don't but but clearly the doctor didn't make that happen. It's just happened. At least at that point in his or her timeline. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I kind of like the idea that you don't need to. I mean, just because the doctor is literally just in, in that moment of, of saying that, you know, sometimes the universe just does these. It's how it keeps itself entertained is what he's about to say. Mm. So what if there were a couple, an elderly couple from New York who set up and created 
Petrocor Industries or whatever, and they are the ones who came up with the perfume. And it was someone that worked for them that offered Amy the job, maybe. Or maybe if they were still alive or not, if they weren't still alive, they might would have left in their will that at some point their company offers it's Amy that job. Yeah, because they obviously got an idea that you can send people letters through time. You know, they, they've seen that happen before, right? Right. Well, they've seen Back to the Future. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it could just be an elderly couple living in New York. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know, there you go. Who are, who are well connected. You know, Very well so. connected, right. indeed. And would have a particular interest in Amy, I would say. Uh, but they, would, <laughs> but I would they say, wouldn't be around. Who knows? So my question now is, did either of you remember the glorious ending that we witnessed? Or did you guys remember it? Because I totally had forgotten that River Song was in this episode. A hundred percent. I thought that what... I saw at the end, I had seen it and I remember seeing it, but I thought it was something that they had shown on the internet. I completely forgot that this was part of this episode. I, I remembered it as being bonus content too, that it was, um, you know, a TARDIS odor. But no, here it is properly at the end of the episode uh, with a next time trailer after that. So. so what did you guys think of seeing River specifically in the context that we saw River and our friend Madame, Madame Kavorian? Uh, well, it, it does a great job of tying up a lot of loose ends as far as if you're like me and don't know what the heck is going on with how time <laughs> is working with River in the show. It It definitely really puts a nice... And I know we have more to see, but it puts a nice bow on it to to kind of figure out how all the time and stuff is working with with the river's mission. And especially when we know that the doctor think that he's going to Lake Silencia, um, it just ties all that in beautifully, though abrupt, but beautifully. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, we haven't I forgot about all this. This was 10 episodes ago. And yeah, uh, but but nevertheless, a, a nice, a nice uh, way to lead into that. Awesome. Lee? Thoughts? It really uh, shocking too. After after the lighthearted mood that we've been in, we, we suddenly take a, a hard turn into really dark territory. And River, I think one of the things that we love about her is that she seems to always be in charge of the situation, always in in command. She tells other people what to do. Um, the only person that she looks to and says, "What do we do now?" is the Doctor, and that rarely enough. But here she is thinking she's alone and finds that she's surrounded and she's scared what you know what what are those things they're your owners madame kavarian says and yeah she is she is pale and they throw her in a chair and hypo her and we're we're not accustomed to seeing that that's not what happens with river song it's so it's really upsetting and 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 it really makes you want to see what's going to happen next week. Oh, yeah. and I can't wait. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, additionally, uh, real quick, uh the lead into that, the transition of where we see she's just become a doctor um or a professor or whatever. She's doing her archae- archaeological research and she sees these firsthand accounts of these kids who the doctor tipped their hat to um right before he gets in his TARDIS. I thought how they tied that in, it 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 flowed really well because at first I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, like did I miss something? And and it right beautifully transitions into that's lovely. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is because we see River and the Doctor together, and we never really see what's in the book per se. It's often easy to forget that she's where she is most of the time. Because she's doing what she was doing that you just referenced, Clarence, was looking it up in books, uh, looking at archaeological digs, knowing when was the doctor where so that she can be where she needs to be. It always feels like it's just supposed to happen. But on the character of River's side, it was a lot of hard work to be able to be all the places that she was. So, gentlemen, do you guys have any other topics you wanted to discuss that we have not covered? I do not. All right. So let's get into our favorite quote. Clarence, I'll start with you. Favorite quote. What was your favorite quote? Uh, the moment um, the, the lift had the um, with, uh, out of order sign. 
and the doctor's like, get in. <laughs> and Craig was like, do I look like I'm stupid? And, um, then, uh, the doctor turns and looks at the baby. I guess the baby makes a mumble or something. He's like, quiet, Stormy. I was just, just the, the name Stormy just really, uh, <laughs> made me cackle. <laughs> As if Stormy is re- Stormy. really cueling the doctor for sending his dad in the broken elevator. I mean, <laughs> good stuff. Very good. <laughs> All right, Lee, what about you? Oh, I'm going to do it. This shows how much my uh, my thoughts and feelings about this episode have changed. But this really is my favorite line. No, that's impossible. It's also grossly sentimental and oversimplistic. You destroyed them because of a deeply ingrained hereditary human trait to protect one's own genes, which in turn triggered a... Yeah, <laughs> love. You blew them up with love. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, do you guys know my favorite quote? Oh, you've 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 held on to this all episode just so you can say it, but but go ahead. Do you you really think you know? I know a hundred percent what it is. (laughs) Okay, so at the very beginning, when the doctor, am I on the right track? Go go for it. All right. So at the very beginning, when the doctor arrives to Craig's new flat house, wherever he's at, he opens the door and he looks and he says. Oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. It's a completely different house. (laughs) Oh, dear. You've redecorated. I don't like it. Oh, boy. Different house we moved. Mm. Favorite scene. I'll start. Favorite scene. River Song. Clarence, (laughs) what's your favorite scene? (laughs) Amy and Rory. That was a great surprise. All right. Lee, favorite scene. I think um, uh, the the elevator... um, (laughs) <laughs> get teleported into the the uh, uh, Cyberman enclave, and the Doctor is trying to keep uh, trying to keep Craig from seeing it. Oh boy, <laughs> he's just holding on to him. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they were playing an odd <laughs> they co- almost kiss. They were playing an odd couple yeah. for all it's worth, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. An- 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 go, on, go for it. Yes, another please. great scene is when. Uh, the doctor just kind of tells Craig, oh, you got to be personable. And, you know, you have a baby. You can talk to anybody. And he goes to try to talk to the girl in the lingerie section. And it just falls apart so horribly. <laughs> she has to call security on him. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> where, where it actually gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, What's really sad is even, even no matter what Craig was doing, when the doctor gets there, oh, he's with you. Oh, okay. Well, you, yeah, you must be nice. That, <laughs> right. Yeah. And everybody yeah, just calls him the doctor. Come on. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're all cool with that. <laughs> you know, they've never point blank said it, but there's got to be some telepathicness. Because we firmly established the doctor has telepathic powers. There's some kind of persuasion factor that people just accept that's your name. Well, and, and Craig keeps calling out the thing about to the doctor of shushing people and, uh, the fact that that works. Um, so I, I feel like this episode is really trying to, trying to hint at that. that oh, <laughs> this, I this know. All... Oh, you made me, whenever you said shh, and mm. made me think of something. The baby said Doctor Who. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That just was like very, very cool. And, all right. And, and well, yeah. let me throw in one more thing real quick. Um, Wow, you made me lose it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has the Sonic ever shot out green lasers before, or was I just seeing things? No, and um, that's actually something I I have uh, observed on social media, is people talking about the Sonic screwdriver, the ultimate passive, you know, uh, pacifist action hero thing, suddenly becoming a gun. Um, But yeah, yeah, you you weren't imagining that, and it is, it is strange. Um, it's it's not usually an offensive weapon. Indeed. Interesting. I have to say it. Interesting. All right. So final rating. Lee, I'm going to start with you this time. Final rating. What would you give this? I'm going to give this four laser barcode readers out of five. All right. Do you remember the laser barcode reader? That's another of my favorite things. When <laughs> Craig threatens the Cybermen with it. Like. <laughs> All right. Hey. Clarence Brown. It's interesting. Very interesting. I will give it 4.1 bottles of whatever Amy's fragrance was. I can't even ah, remember. Petrichor. Petrichor, yeah. There you go. Okay. I'm going to give it four 
redecorations out of five. <laughs> I don't like it. And I don't like it. But I did like this episode, but I still don't like it. But what I do like is to be able to say, gentlemen, this was fun. I'm, I'm once again watching an episode that I didn't think I liked and liked it. So that's very, very cool. So Lee Shackelford, where else other than relativitypodcast.com could you be found or something you've been reading or watching that you would like to share? Yeah, since I already droned on about my website there for a little bit, I'll tell you, Doctor Who fans, I think, will enjoy the Amazon Prime movie charming, charming little picture called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. And I advocate it because it has some serious Doctor Who references in it and uh, also has uh, one of my former students in it as a stunt driver. And when you see it, you'll see why they needed a stunt driver <laughs> for this little... <laughs> um, but it's a very uh, charming, lovely idea. Just a, just a fascinating script. And uh, I think... Uh, yeah, Doctor Who fans will enjoy it. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things on Amazon Prime. Nice, nice. Clarence, what about you? I'm going to suggest that if you have Apple TV Plus to check out uh, the morning show on that network. And um, if you are Doctor Who fans, and I know you are, it uh, stars um, uh, Martha's, I forget her name on, on Doctor Who, actually, but Martha's sister on Doctor Who. Um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. In, I know I'm going to say her real name wrong. Juju Mabwata Raw. Pretty sure I'm saying it wrong. Uh, yeah, but, but we know who you're talking but, about. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's in, um, maybe the, the thing I knew her from uh, other than Doctor Who was one of the most highly regarded, uh, Black Mirror episodes, San Junipero, which she's in as well. But, um, the morning show is really good. You really don't have to know anything that's going into it. It's not what you think. And uh, I've binged that over the last few days and have like 20 minutes left that I'm going to watch after we get off this show. So <laughs> I've been really enjoying that. Yes, I really enjoyed that, too. And I've always been fascinated by television shows and the behind the scene things. So, yes, very, very highly recommend that as well. And if you are a comic book fan, if you are a Marvel Comics fan, and you are especially an Avengers fan, you've got to be watching WandaVision. It is checking all the right boxes for me, and I am loving it every single week. And I think there's only, as of this recording, two episodes left, but probably when this goes out, it will be the end of WandaVision. So let us know what you thought about WandaVision. And also let us know what you thought about closing time. But gentlemen, again, thank you for joining me. And for everyone listening, we would like to cordially invite you to our next review, which is The Wedding of River Song. And with that, we will be back next time. I can't decide if I want to sit on the bride's side or the groom's side. Oh, dear. I'm going to set on the discussing who side. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, usually. Uh, yeah. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. dot